Hey guys, Alana here. I hope that you are doing well this week. I hope that you are feeling safe and secure and at peace in spite of all this pandemic stuff going on. I wanted to, oops, excuse me. I wanted to share today a segment from my audiobook on productivity for authors. And this is a section that I wrote specifically for work at home parents. I know that some people, even who aren't used to being work at home parents, are finding themselves in that position now with kids out of school. Even if you're not a parent, I try to also include some parallels to help your productivity, whether or not you're writing with kids at home. So I'm hoping this is timely. It also ties in to a fundraiser that I've started and is going to run through April 1st. So you can get the entire course on productivity for authors that I created with David Lee Martin. And what we've done is we've bundled it up as a pay what you can product. And we're going to be donating a portion of all the proceeds to some of the COVID disaster relief work. Um, I know United Way is doing some things. Red Cross is always doing great things. I really want to look into how we can support the hospitals and places who have mask shortages. So I'm looking into that as well. So you can get this full length course that includes all kinds of tips for productivity at courses.alanaterry.com slash fundraiser. And again, it's a pay what you can. And so I'm hopeful that regardless of what your financial situation is right now, that you'll be able to benefit from some of the tips here. It's about productivity for authors, but really it's full of just a lot of motivation and encouragement and inspiration. So I'm hoping that it's going to be a real timely thing for you guys right now. And again, that's courses.alanaterry.com slash fundraiser. And now we're going to hear the section from the Successful Writer's Guide to Productivity audiobook that is specific to write-at-home parents I hope that it's encouraging. I hope that you find some good tips from here. And I just want to remind you when it comes to productivity at this strange time in history, please be very gentle with yourself. Do what you can do, but also remember like taking care of your health and your family is far more important than writing that next chapter. I don't believe that these circumstances that we're in right now are going to last forever. And so we can just make the most of each day. I do wish you lots of health right now, and we will talk to you soon. Chapter 7, The Productive Right-at-Home Parent How many times as an aspiring writer did someone tell you to write what you know? I can't write a whole chapter telling you how to juggle a writing career with a typical nine-to-five because I haven't ever worked a full-time office job. My pre-mom resume does include interesting experiences, like assisting with autopsies as well as taking care of residents on the dementia floor of an assisted living home, both of which I can absolutely assure you provided some compelling story fodder. But I haven't earned an hourly wage since I had kids. Seeing as how my oldest is currently a teenager, that was quite a long time ago. I was recently talking to an aspiring author who told me how lucky I was to have so much time on my hands to just focus on writing. In a way, it's absolutely true. 
But if you're a right-at-home parent, you know that the gig isn't necessarily as easy as outsiders might assume. This chapter will focus on how to be a productive right-at-home parent, a skill I can assure you I do have the experience to talk about. Even if you don't have children at home, you can take many of the same principles and simply replace taking care of the kids with whatever time constraints fit your particular life situation. I'll also include bullet points at the end of each section with takeaways for everybody, not just right-at-home parents, if you'd rather skip ahead to the application. Embracing Now All right, parents, how often did someone look at your baby or toddler and say something like, Enjoy them now. The time passes so quickly. If your kids are still relatively little, I'm talking preschool age and younger here, you know what I mean. Now, as the mother of a teenager, I'm officially entering the cadre of people telling you that exact same thing. Seriously, babies don't stay babies forever. Sometimes people use that truth as an excuse to make parents feel guilty. What are you doing writing now? Don't you realize your baby will only be this age once? But I'm going to assume that if you're a work-at-home parent, you already experience enough guilt, both self-induced and society-driven, that you don't need any more of it. So let me take that adage everyone is telling you about children and qualify it with a more positive spin. Your babies, toddlers, and preschoolers are only little tiny cuties for a few short years. That means that, yes, you should enjoy them at the age they're at. Take pictures, lots of them. It also means that, in general, it's going to get easier. As they get older, you're going to find more time on your hands. You won't always feel exhausted, sleep-deprived, and like half a human. Your kids are going to head off to school soon, or even if you homeschool like our family does, your children will gain more and more independence as they get older. Quick note. As the mother of a special needs child who spent his first five years on a feeding tube, I absolutely understand that these generalities don't apply in every single situation. Some parenting seasons are far harder than others. Some parenting seasons drain every last ounce of life and energy out of you. Some parenting seasons don't actually have an it'll-get-easier promise guaranteed at the end. But we keep at it no matter what, because we love our kids and because we're bound and determined to be the best darn parents we can be, no matter what our specific situation is. Diving back into generalities, however, and you can remind yourself that even if it feels like it's impossible to write with itsy-bitsy kids to care for, those itsy-bitsy kids won't stay itsy-bitsy forever. In short, it's going to get easier. So give yourself a large dose of grace and patience, Find a schedule and groove that is practical for your family situation as it is right now, and stay encouraged because your kids are, in general, going to get more and more independent with age. 
Don't beat yourself up if you only get an hour a week to get your writing time in right now. That kind of schedule is most likely temporary, and even some writing is better than no writing. And please, for the love of everything beautiful, don't skip out on sleep. Writing with older children at home is another season to embrace. My kids are especially proud of the fact that I'm an author. It's very rare that my youngest enters a social setting. Have I mentioned before that he's an extrovert? Without telling someone, usually everyone, his mom is a best-selling, world-famous writer. I let my kids know about my achievements, like finishing a new novel or breaking a personal word record on a writing day. And I include them in my celebrations. When I hit the USA Today bestseller list for the first time, we threw a pizza party just for the five of us. Being a right-at-home parent can be awesome because kids bring so much creative energy, playfulness, and curiosity to life. Remember our discussion on getting out of the house to increase your creativity? Kids are great at forcing you into fun situations. Our family spent all day yesterday at the Alaska State Fair. It's probably not something my husband and I would go to if it were just the two of us, but taking our kids got us outside, got us exercise, got us socializing. All those things we've talked about in previous chapters that help us stay mentally healthy and creatively sharp. As your kids get older, you can include them more and more in your writing business. My oldest son has an eye for graphic design and sometimes helps me with images for my ads or minor tweaks to my book covers. My middle child is an even better speller than I am, and I pay him in computer game time to proof some of my manuscripts for me. I should note here that even though I occasionally invite my kids to get involved in graphic design and edits for my writing business, I still pay actual professionals for my covers and proofreading as well. I never want to exploit my kids or make them feel like they have to work for me, but sometimes it's a fun way to make this book writing business feel more like a family venture than a solo gig. Whatever age your kids are, take the time to embrace the great things that come from the stage they're at. No matter how established your writing career is, take a moment to reflect on how awesome it is to be a right-at-home parent. Instead of feeling guilty that your work takes time away from your family, rejoice in the fact that you get to be home. Don't fall into the trap of asking if you'd be a better parent if you didn't write. Remember, as a writer, you have the opportunity to teach your kids by example how to embrace your creative potential, follow after your dreams, and live a fulfilling life as a successful, creative entrepreneur. Don't underestimate the value of that lesson. Another way to look at things if you still struggle with guilt is that many of us write to keep ourselves healthy and sane. It's better to be happy and creatively fulfilled and somewhat busy than to be bored and lackluster but have more time on your hands. Just like sometimes you'll feel guilty that work takes time away from your family, 
you'll probably also go through times where you feel guilty or resentful that parenting takes time away from your writing. If you're feeling overwhelmed with parenting duties, it can be helpful to sit back and appreciate all the ways that being a parent will benefit your creativity and productivity. Here are just a few examples. Having kids gets you out of the house. Parenting is a foolproof way to keep yourself from spending too much time behind your computer screen. Working around your kids' schedule means you'll have to be creative with your own time management, which in the end can lead to more productivity. See above where we talked about Parkinson's Law. Kids force you to take breaks. Let's face it, no matter how much you love the idea of the Pomodoro method, when you're facing a deadline or just in a great writing zone, it can be hard to force yourself to slow down. Having kids at home means you'll need to take breaks, often at somewhat regular intervals. I know that our family will need to sit down for lunch sometime around 12.30 or 1.00. This means I have a natural breakpoint in my writing day and that I have a deadline to complete my morning work by a certain time. It's a perfect example of the done-by-one mentality we talked about earlier. Having kids expands your social network. A deeper social network means better mental health, which means better productivity. Getting to know other parents and families also means you have more personality types in your repertoire that you can one day write about. The experience of parenting can enrich your writing. As a reader, you've probably read a book with a young character who talks like a toddler in one or two word sentences, even if he's five years old, or a child who acts and talks like a miniature adult instead of a kid. If you're writing a novel about a child or family, or if you're writing a nonfiction book where your readers are likely parents, having kids of your own can help you connect with your audience and be more authentic and realistic. I should mention here that if you aren't a parent, that doesn't mean you can't write these kinds of books. Just like it is possible for somebody with no medical experience to write a novel about a nurse, that genre will come easier to someone with real-life experience in the field. Kids are playful. Just being around them can inspire your muse. There's a lot of research about how playfulness is beneficial to your creativity, but not too many adults engage in regular play. Because I have kids at home, I engage in quite a few playful experiences that I otherwise wouldn't whether that's board games at home, racquetball at the gym, or basketball at the park. Taking a break to play a game of cards can be a fabulous way to refuel after a grueling bout of writing. Takeaways for Write-at-Home Parents Enjoy your kids at the stage they're at, and remind yourself that you'll have more time for writing, in general, the older they get. Even though it can be hard to write with kids at home, there are quite a few ways that being a parent can benefit your writing career. Takeaways for non-parents Your daily schedule is going to change from season to season, 
even if you don't have all the writing time you wish you did right now, it's important to enjoy the season you're in. Remember, all experience is writing research, and even if you have a lot of outside demands on your time, the other activities you're engaged in have merits of their own. Tips for the Right-at-Home Parent If you're a right-at-home parent, your time management is going to look vastly different based on things like your children's ages, their personalities, their school schedule, etc. Since I can't speak to each and every potential situation in this short section, I want to offer some general ideas based on the stage of parenting you find yourself in. Please bear in mind that my suggestions are simply generalities. You'll be way better at coming up with systems that work with your particular family situation than I ever could on your behalf. We're back to the spaghetti-on-the-wall method of teaching, so pick and choose which options work best given your personal circumstances. Pregnancy It's been quite a few years since I was pregnant, but if I did find myself expecting again, I'd start planning things ahead of time so I didn't feel pressured or rushed during the first several months after the delivery. Pregnancy is a good time to get your metaphoric ducks in a row. Think about the things that you do best with no interruptions at all, like writing first drafts, and focus on those. Save the editing and busy work for later, since these tend to be easier to work in five- or ten-minute spurts. When you've got a newborn, sometimes those short bursts of work time are all you're going to find. If you're the pregnant parent, it's crazy important to take care of your health during this stage, too. So if writing that newsletter competes with sleep time, choose the sleep. The newsletter will be there waiting for you when you're rested. This is even more true once baby arrives, by the way, but more about that next. Babies You never know how to plan your baby's schedule until they're here. I had one baby who took two four-hour-long naps each and every day. His brother, however, needed to nurse every 90 minutes, day and night, and fussed unless he was being held, bounced, and talked to. My biggest piece of advice to right-at-home parents of infants, in addition to getting as much sleep as you possibly can, is to be ridiculously gentle with yourself. The first few months of adjusting to life with a newborn is not the time or place to push yourself to knock out 50,000 words a week. If you manage to do so, that's totally fine, but don't beat yourself up if your goals look drastically different. Instead of writing 10,000 words a day, your goal might be to keep baby fed and dry and maybe manage to get that load of laundry switched over from last week. If you're the one who's gone through the actual delivery process, you have even more reason to take care of your own body and give yourself plenty of rest and time to recover. Toddlers and Preschoolers this is a really fun stage of parenting life, but also one of the most hands-on stages for many moms and dads. Toddlers and preschoolers, in general, are curious 
get into everything, and ask questions incessantly. It can be a mentally tiring age, but also a very fun one. Embracing your playfulness can be a great tip for you in this stage. Sure, you might rather be editing your novel, but if your daughter really wants to play a few rounds of Go Fish, a little playtime can be a great break from your writing, as well as a way to engage your playful side, which is closely connected to your creativity. Something that helped my writing and my sanity when my kids were this young was to keep a regular nap time schedule. Even when they were old enough they didn't fall asleep every afternoon, my kids were still used to doing something quiet in their room. This gave me at least an hour each day where I could, theoretically, get writing in. Signing your kids up for preschool might also give you a few hours to work and be a lot of fun for them as well. If preschool isn't an ideal option, you could get creative and find yourself some work time while your kids play. Take your laptop to a restaurant with a play place and work some while your children run around. Take your journal to the park and outline your next book while your kids get fresh air. A childcare swap could also be great for both you and your kids. One day a month, you can watch your friend's children. A few weeks later, they can return the favor and you can enjoy a writing day. Never underestimate the benefits of hiring some in-home help, either. Even if all you do is pay a neighborhood teenager to play with your kids a few hours while you lock yourself in the office and work, that can be the most relaxing and productive part of your week. Elementary Age Congratulations! Your kids are getting more independent. If they are in school, you can definitely use that time to get some writing in. I know a lot of authors who write during the school year and take the summer off to spend with their kids. This works well for a lot of families. Even if you homeschool, it's possible to find ways for your children to gain more and more independence. In the early years, they'll definitely need more one-on-one -on -one help. But as they get older, they can do more on their own, leaving you more time to write. This is a stage where playdates can become your biggest productivity secret. Right now, my nine-year-old is outside playing with his best friend. They're entertaining each other, and all I have to do is keep an eye out my office window to make sure they stay safe. As your kids get older, it can be tempting to spend more and more time with work. But even though your productivity can absolutely increase during this time, remember that it's also beneficial to your health and your creativity to do things besides writing as well. Older Ages as kids age, they generally get more and more independent, which means you, theoretically, have more and more time to work. If your family is involved in a lot of extracurriculars, however, this can sometimes feel like the busiest parenting season of them all, especially if you have kids involved in different activities on different sides of town. Before your kids start driving themselves around, you may feel like a professional chauffeur. One option is to cut back on some activities, if that's an option for your family. I don't love having multiple places to run to every single day of the week, 
but some kids and families thrive on that level of activity. If cutting back isn't ideal for you, it might be worthwhile to recruit help from another driver. I really don't like being interrupted in my riding time, so if my kids have somewhere to be at a time when I'm typically working, I'll ask around and see if there's another parent I know who might be willing to take care of either pickup or drop-offs. We'll either switch off carpool duties, so I only have one trip to make instead of two, or I'll offer some gas money plus extra if they just handle the driving for me. Of course, there will be plenty of times in your kids' lives where you've got to drive them places, sit around and wait, then drive them home. That's just parenting at this stage. In those cases, you can still make the most of your time away from home. You can get a lot of administrative tasks done on your cell. Some people even get a Bluetooth keyboard and write novels on a phone or tablet. I like to use what I call waiting room time for journaling and any busy work that can be taken care of on my phone. If we'll be in the car for more than 10 or 15 minutes, I'll also bring some of my favorite book marketing podcasts along with me to make the commute time feel more productive. Takeaways for Right-at-Home Parents The younger your kids are, the more attention they'll typically need. It's important for you to be gentle and gracious with yourself and your schedule. Embrace nap time, either to work or sleep yourself. Recruiting others to help can be a great idea, whether that's enrolling your kids in preschool activities, hiring a babysitter, doing kid swaps with friends, or asking someone to help with rides so you aren't being constantly interrupted. As your kids get more independent, you'll have more time available to write. Even if your family is active and running around town, there are quite a few tasks you can take with you on the go. Takeaways for non-parents There will be seasons when your productivity may diminish for reasons outside of your control, and you just have to be gentle with yourself. If you've been sick or are recovering from a medical procedure, for example— Getting rest is more important in the short term than getting a few hundred more words on the page. If you can think of a way that hiring someone to help you out will free up your time, go ahead and do it. There are quite a few tasks you can do even while you're out and about. You can respond to emails or edit manuscripts from your phone. If you have a regular commute, you can use that time to listen to marketing podcasts or books that will help you grow as an author or entrepreneur. A Day in the Life of Alana If you want to read the details of what my typical workday looks like, I'm including it here simply to give you ideas of ways you can structure your day to optimize your efficiency and creativity. Before I dive in and show you what a day in the life of Alana looks like, a few caveats. First of all, I like structure to a degree, but my creative side would wither up and die if I did the exact same thing for months and months in a row. A year from now, I expect my schedule will look quite a bit different than it does now 
simply because I appreciate having freedom and I'll change things up when and if they begin to feel monotonous. Caveat number two. I've got three kids at home. Things come up. One of the biggest lessons I've learned as a parent, and one that's helped my productivity in the long run, is to be flexible and open to change. Like I said, doing too much of the same thing can sap my creativity, so I embrace the chaos inherent in raising children to break up the monotony of my day. Lastly, I'm going to share with you what I do on a really good day. For the sake of full disclosure, I probably do about 80% of these things I'm going to mention 80% of the time. I don't exercise every day, for example. I sometimes skip my evening journal routine. I hope that by now you've gotten the sense that I put a large value on being compassionate and gentle with yourself, so please don't treat this description as something you've got to do each and every day with 100% accuracy. You need to find what works for you, and then you need to be gentle with yourself even when your perfect day doesn't turn out so perfectly after all. With those disclaimers out of the way, let's dive into what a typical workday is like in our home. I'm not a huge fan of missing out on sleep. Maybe you've already gotten that sense? I'll typically wake up a little after eight and give myself some extra time to think, pray, plan, and rest before I actually get out of bed. I have breakfast with the kids and give them their marching orders for their school and chore assignments. Then I grab my coffee and go upstairs to work for about an hour. I've been doing a lot of courses and coaching lately for other authors, so a lot of my morning work time involves training calls and videos. In general, I like to do some teaching or busy work in the morning before I ask my creativity to show up to write. My youngest son still needs supervision on some of his homeschool assignments, so at around 10, I meet him downstairs at the dinner table. He works on his workbooks, and I check his progress and am there to answer questions. I also use this time to either journal and finish planning my day, or to do some administrative, low-brain busywork on my laptop. When my son's done, I take my computer back upstairs for some, ideally, uninterrupted work. At this time, my two oldest boys know what they need to do for homeschool, and my youngest has some tasks he can work on by himself. After some work time, we break for lunch. While we eat, I go over my kids' assignments they completed that morning, and we'll have some discussions about what they're learning. Lunchtime is a great way for us all to reconnect after we've been doing our own things, and it's also a nice way to separate my day into morning and afternoon work blocks. After lunch, I make it a point to take an hour break. This can be time invested in learning, listening to podcasts or audiobooks about marketing, for example, or rest. If the weather's nice, I might take the dog out for a walk. Sometimes I'll indulge in a nap. By the time I'm finished with my break, the kids are usually done with their homeschool tasks for the day and get to enjoy some free time. While they're relaxing after their day of studying, I dive into another few hours of deep work. If it's a writing week, 
That means I'm setting my timer and pushing myself to do three or four writing sprints. If it's a marketing or administrative week, I'm deep into my ads dashboard or email newsletter or doing whatever project I'm working on at that particular stage. When my last afternoon sprint is over, it's usually about time for me to start thinking about dinner. Sometimes I take a little rest on the couch, shut my eyes, and enjoy ten minutes of quiet before I turn off my writing brain and switch gears. Other times, if we're doing something easy for dinner like leftovers, or if my husband is going to cook when he gets home from work, I'll just enjoy some downtime, which can include any number of guilty pleasures, like scrolling Facebook or listening to true crime podcasts. After dinner, we typically take the kids out to do something active. Several nights a week, we go to the gym. Our gym has a sauna, so sometimes after my workout, I'll sit in the heat and give myself another five or ten minutes to just be quiet and restful before getting everyone ready to go home. Evenings after we get home is probably the most variable time of day. Sometimes I'll be done for the night and hang out reading and relaxing until bedtime. Other times I'll grab a few more writing sprints or work sprints before I shut my computer down. One way I love to end my day is to journal about the things I accomplished, list the things I'm grateful for, and jot myself a few goals for the next day. If I still have time and energy after that, I might do some stretches and listen to marketing podcasts or business books. If you were to only count the time I spend at my computer, I probably work five or six hours a day. That's not a bad way to make a full-time living and still be home to take care of my family. I spend a lot of non-computer hours, however, journaling about my work, doing small busy work tasks on my phone, and studying up on marketing trends, publishing news, time management tips, etc. If you were to count all the time I invest in my business, I probably only have a few waking hours a day where I'm not on the clock. But it's the life I love and a schedule that works well for me and my family. Questions to ask yourself Describe your perfect day in detail. Include not only what would make you feel the most productive, but also the most balanced. What is your current breakdown of work time versus non-work time? How does this ratio compare to where you'd like it to fall? What's something, besides writing, that you'd like to make a daily priority? Some examples are time with family, exercise, learning and self-development, entertainment, social activities, etc. How well are you doing at keeping this priority a priority? So I hope that that was helpful and encouraging for you, no matter what stage you're at right now, whether you've got kids at home or not. And I just really want to, again, wish you peace and good health during this difficult time. Please, if you're able to, and if it would be a benefit to you, don't forget to check out 
the productivity for or uh, sorry the productivity for authors course at courses.alanaterry.com/productivity so that we can help raise funds for people in need and we will talk to you soon